are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want to remind this church that on purpose, we have chosen for 44 years to be a generational church. We just believe the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We believe that this ought to be passed down generation to generation to generation. Now, I don't know what our kids are always gonna do with it. Some of you, you did it all so right, maybe a son or a daughter or both or whatever. Maybe they said, I don't want it. Well, maybe they'll just come back home. In the last few years, we've had so many kids come back home. And by the way, I'm telling you, that's why parents, you stay when your heart is broken because I've never heard of a prodigal going back to another place. Even in the Bible, he came back to daddy where daddy was. Daddy never left. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that our goal is trying to have the faith of our fathers. Here in Deuteronomy chapter number six, I don't want you to see with me verse two, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons Son, all the days of thy life that thy days may be prolonged. God wants us to pass this down. I believe in Bible salvation by faith. Don't turn away from there. We got another verse. But by faith, by grace, I believe that it's the same that my father and my mother and my grandparents, they experienced and it hasn't changed. I don't believe church work has changed. I believe still in preaching. God in these last days has chosen the foolishness of preaching. Not, uh, not um, uh, little plays and uh, not little dance little deals and not, uh, uh, not, he's chosen old time religion. And he's chosen old time hymns and songs and spiritual songs. You see, we got this movement going on Let's move to this worship junk. Now, wait a minute. The next thing that happens, the Sunday night is gone. Wednesday night is gone. And before you know it, you have these beautiful buildings that are used on Sunday morning. We didn't build these buildings to be used just one morning a week. Thank God for what God's done, and we passed it down one generation after another. Verse number seven. And thou shalt teach them diligently. The words he's talking about, verse six. Teach them diligently to thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest in the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. God says your home needs to be saturated with the things of Christ, verse number 20. And when thy son asketh thee to come, the time to come saying, what mean these testimonies, these statues, these judgments? You'll be able to tell them, this is what it's about, son. Go back, if you will, to Habakkuk. Uh, it, it is a generational North Valley Baptist church. One generation passes down to the next generation, which passes down to the next generation. We find ourselves in Habakkuk tonight. 
And Habakkuk is just three chapters, 56 verses, and it's a Habakkuk that you don't find much about in the Bible, but God gives him a vision. Notice in verse number two, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for appointed time. What is vision? And I'm gonna use uh, this text, around this text, for these few moments to speak about generational Christianity. What is vision? Vision is picturing. It's taking a picture of the future and bringing it into the present. Picturing how it could be or should be in the immediate future. You boys, please, while you're in this college, when you're sleeping in these dorms, do what they did at Hewlett Packard as they were in the dorms at Stanford University, and Apple as they were in the dorms at Stanford University, and Yahoo as they were in the dorms at Stanford University, and Google as they were in those dorms, and young men in those dorms, they got a vision for this program that we call today this modern technology and I'm not against it. I'm just saying that happened 20 minutes away but in these dorms and in that school over there at the other property let's get a vision that God could use you on the mission field. That God could use you pastor to church. That God could use you as a youth pastor. Our vision is on the wall glass wall when you walk in over there. Our vision is to train young people to know and to serve Jesus Christ. Some of those might be like the young girl that just got her RN. Some of those might be like the young man you saw in the video that is a city employer for the, employee for the city of San Jose in a high level position. Some of them are in the tech industry and they've already graduated up through engineering and software engineering and they're amazing people. Some are in medicine but they're in this church. Don't get a job and be successful and use that money to run from God. And I wanna say generational Christianity is what is needed and in order to have that, there must be a vision. We need to picture the life of that little baby in the nursery, going through nursery, going through preschool, going through elementary school, going through high school, going through college, graduating from college, getting married inside this great New Testament local Baptist church, getting married and serving God and having a family. That's what we believe. Here's Habakkuk. Habakkuk had a vision for determination. I'm gonna call on every person here, whether you're a widow or a widower, whether you're the pastor or pastor's wife, whether you're the youngest here to get a vision of determination. What does he say? Verse one, I will stand my watch. When your life is over, Grandpa, when your life is over, Grandma, can it be said of you, I stood my watch. I stood my watch. I got in this thing and I watched for my children and my children's children, your son's son, as he said in the book of Deuteronomy. I'm gonna spend my life on my watch. We have many of our boys in the college that work as security guards in these computer companies. What are they supposed to do? And I imagine some young ladies as well. 
What are they supposed to do? They're to watch the TV monitors and some they're watching around the world and the globe and other countries of the world. They're watching. They're watching the buildings. They're watching the properties. They're watching the security people as they go from building to building, drive from building to building. They, that's their job. Their job's not to sleep behind the wheel of their computer screen. Their job, I see a lot of you shaking your head. Their job, and you do it, your job is to watch what's happening and report something's wrong. Oh, mother, mother, your kids need a mother who has a watchful eye. I recall those days when we had children in our home and my wife and I just believed that our kids were not contributing anything to the rent or to the mortgage payment of the house, so we believed they were guests in our house. So that means their rooms belong to us. And mother made it very clear when I go through the house after you go to school, I will have permission to look in your drawers. I will have permission to see what's going on. I'll tell you what, there was a young man, God bless him, he rose through the ranks and became a principal of a school. Oh, how he was writing love notes to our daughter in second grade. Well, I don't know if he was doing that so much, but I know that our daughter was writing love notes to the principal in second grade. And he didn't even know their love loads. He loved those. He was kind of slow, you know. Now he's the principal of the school. But uh, nonetheless, mother is setting a, setting a watch over the family. My job's to watch. My job is not to say, son, you're not reading your Bible. Son, I don't see you praying. Son, I don't see you going so winning. Son, I don't see that. No, no, that was not my job. My job was to try to figure out what's going on in your life, Tim, Tiffany, Tabitha. How can I help you? What's going on? Everything okay? What's God doing in your life, son? How can I help you? What is it that I can pray for? What is it, son? Let's go spend some time together. I'm talking about the fact you set a watch. And as you set a watch, if you're a security guard, can you set a watch, watch sir, over your marriage? Can you set a watch, dear lady, over your marriage? Can you set a watch over your kids? Can you set a watch over your Sunday school class and over the bus route? Can you set a watch of the responsibility that God's given to you? And here's a man, Habakkuk. God gave him a vision. You ought to guard your children's friends, the philosophy, their heritage, the holiness, your home environment. A watch is where you're carefully guarding. I'm gonna carefully guard that. I'm gonna guard my marriage. It's fragile. I'm gonna guard my life, it's fragile. I'm gonna guard these children. Secondly, I see quickly, not only a vision for determination, I will, that's determination, stand by watch. I will, I'll set me in the tower, but I want you to see the vision of direction. The Lord answered verse two and said, write the vision. Write the vision. I can recall before Ms. Treatment I came here, on March the 1st, 1976, I knew that God I knew he in college was calling me to preach. I just, I just was too afraid. Then I graduated not being a pastor major. I just knew I couldn't do that, and I wanted to do it. And I wasn't trying to rebel. And I was an assistant pastor in two churches for about four years. And I recall those days, and I loved those days, but I knew God was doing something. And by faith, I resigned those churches. I said, God's gonna lead me after 40 days of testing. God brought us here. It was an amazing thing. And that little church began just a few months before we had come here. 
And I remember running this building over here on Clyde Avenue. And I'll tell you, before I came, about in 75, I'd go to my little desk in our house where we lived. And at night, I'd get up and I'd write down, if I ever passed to the church, this is what I believe. I gave that to the church when I came. There were 13 points what I believed. I give that to you annually. We've added some amendments to it to get it stronger, but we haven't removed from it. If we're gonna have a church, I, I wrote down there that every single person who's a worker must be born again, baptized, faithful member of this church who ties, who comes to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Now you can be a member of this church and not come to all that, but you're not gonna be a worker. That's what I believe. I believe that you gotta be here. Say, so say, well, I wanna, I wanna sing in the choir. Well, God bless you, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, amen? I said, I believe that every worker I wrote down there ought to be a tither. We wrote down what we believe, how we ought to dress and how we ought to look and we ought to go soul winning and we ought to, every single person in our church will use the King James Version of the Bible. I remember writing those things down and said, this is the philosophy of our church. We're gonna abstain ourselves. I listed it in there and we give it out annually. We're gonna, we, we believe in abstaining from all appearance of evil. Gambling and drinking and smoking and running. You know, before you ever begin anything, before you ever begin the United States of America, you ought to have a constitution. You ought to have a bill of rights. You ought to have amendments that you even add to it. You ought to way to put more strength. You never, my college president, you never remove from the founding principles of an organization or you always announce it's doom. But you can strengthen with amendments. You know, I took that principle when I learned those days in 1975, right before we came here. And I have manuals in my office for every ministry. The nursery manual. The deacon's manual. The staff manual. The usher's manual. The philosophy of this church manual. The school manual. The college manual. Because here's where we're headed. You don't just haphazardly start life, you get your eye on a target and you aim for the target. And Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I finished my course. He had a target. You boys go out to start a church, get a target. What are you aiming at? I never ever, of course, we never knew the word contemporary, but there's always been wrong, quote, Christian music. But I had no desire for that. Had no desire for it. I had no desire for our church to be a weak church. I had a desire that our church would be a lighthouse of righteousness in the city of Santa Clara, California. And I wanna tell you something, and I know people come and go and everybody doesn't like it, but I wanna tell you something, it's worked. He said, write the vision. Write it, but what, what, what do you believe? I must tell you this tonight. We were trying to figure out what kind of school we were gonna have. Rebecca did not have the video school yet. Video machines were not even invented when we began the school in 77. But the ACE school program was invented and I remember going to a seminar in Fresno and watching it and I saw this little film strip and I brought it back on the Wednesday night after church. I said to the church, I want you to stay. 
I said, here's what an ACE school, I said, I don't know much about it, but I know there's a lot of good ACE schools in America. And I said, here's what an ACE school is. And I began to pray about that. I, I, I'm not against it. I'm not saying a lot of our schools in America have to be that and missionary schools, so thank God. But it's too, for me, I didn't know it. I never experienced it. It was too confusing for me. And it's not a confusing program. And I said, folks, I don't feel, after I've shown this to you a few weeks later, I feel like I want a traditional school for this church where a teacher stands and a teacher influences. And I recall that we were going to start the school. Ms. Treatment and I met two ladies. We were told about two ladies. They lived in San Francisco. They were retired educators. They wrote history books on American history from a spiritual point of view. Large red books, Miss Hall and Miss Slater. Those two ladies took a Victorian home and completely remodeled it as a heritage building. It was just such a beautiful colonial type home on the inside. Breathtaking, the wood floors, everything was immaculate. We went up there on a Monday morning. I'll never forget. And I walked in there. My wife knew more about education than I did. And we walked in there and they sat us down. And I'll tell you what, they were so passionate, they started, began to school us. And they taught and taught. And it was lunch hour and I was bored. My wife was in it, but I was bored. I thought, how am I going to stay away? And then that afternoon, they stayed at it, stayed at it, and stayed at it. That night, after about four or five o'clock, they said, you can go home. We'll see you here tomorrow morning again. I don't know, eight o'clock, whatever time it was. You remember all that? I'll never forget, they said, now, pastor. Oh, I felt pretty good for a young kid, pastor. Tonight you have homework. I thought, you got to be kidding me. I'm the pastor and you're assigning me homework? They said, you're, you're going to have a homework assignment. They said, tomorrow when you come, we want to know your philosophy. Philosophy? I took philosophy in college, but I, I don't remember anything about philosophy. What do you mean philosophy? And I said, well, explain that. They said, you're going to have to tell us in print, what are you aiming at? What are you going to try to accomplish? We want to know what your philosophy is. That night became the pivotal night for what you just saw here. Because that night, I remember writing down the purpose of our school, and I wrote that paragraph down. My wife helped me and assisted me, is to train the next generation to know and to love and to serve Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. That is the foundation. Uh, the foundation is not this, this, this. The foundation, it's all right here, that in all things he might have the preeminence. We'd already chosen this as the church verse. I said, it's not going to be any different, the school. We are not just going to build a school to keep people off of drugs. We want to have them trained to know and to love and to serve Jesus Christ. We've added to that. We added to it right away that they're going to be elementary chapel and junior high chapel and high school chapel. And we've added to it there's going to be teen soul winning on Wednesdays. And we've added to it there's going to be a home room every morning where you have opening Bible prayer and prayer time and in the Word of God. We've added to it. We've added and added and added and expanded it. We didn't have a wood shop. We didn't have a science lab. We didn't have computers. They weren't even invented. But Al Gore came along and invented them. I want you to know that wonderful things have happened.
But we wrote, this is our direction. This is our direction, and it's never changed. Thirdly, and I know I have to be done because I've taken my time. It's a vision not only for determination and a vision for direction for the next generation, but it's a vision of duration. Verse number three, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but the end shall speak and not lie. There's coming an end to our journey in life. And when our journey is over, by God's grace, years from now, I want to look back and say we have left something for our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. It doesn't need to die. It needs to just keep on going on. There's a duration. Now your parents have deposited with you. Young people, now you're the adults. And now you're married and now you're having the kids. And it's your responsibility to take from mother and dad what they've trained you in life and a Christian school and a youth pastor and a church and a ministry and school teachers and Sunday school teachers and they have given to you and now you're giving to your kids and now we even had a family up here tonight that their kids are giving to their little kids three generations out of the same school. That's the purpose. And we do it to the day you die. And young people, when grandpa dies and grandma dies, you still have a responsibility. Uh, don't get self-absorbed. Right? We're just going to start. Church is no longer important. Hey, if church was important to grandpa and grandma, then you stay important in your life as well. In my wife's family and in our family, our grandparents, old Swedish folks that you hear her speak, and they, they sound up more Swedish than they did American, I'll tell you that. And my grandparents sound up more German than they did uh, American English, uh, speaking English, and all the brokenness of their speech. But they gave Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, the word of God and hymns and songs and love for marriage and love for family and love for children and hard work and pay their bills. And they pass that down to our parents. And then we watched our parents take it from their parents. And they passed it down to us. And then Mr. Treatment and I, we passed it down to our three children. And our three children took what we have given them and this Sunday school teachers and our youth pastors have given them and our church has given them and preaching has given them and youth conference has given them and camp has given them and activities has given them and youth extravaganza has given to them and a Sunday school teacher has given to them and a Christian school kindergarten through 12th grade has given to them and a college has given to them and work ethics given to them and candy sales has given to them, which is a good thing. Won't go on to that. And the, we pass all that down to them, and now they've taken, you know, we have grandbaby 14 coming. All 14 were in church this morning. All 14 in church tonight. The 14th was not there, but that 14th one went to church tonight. Brother Ryan and I were talking this morning by text, so we have the Lord's table, the whole service is around that this morning. And he said, tonight I begin the book of Revelation, teaching my people and preaching about the book of Revelation. You know what? He is passing it down. He said something in my text to me this morning. He said, we're having the Lord's table. And he preached it and all that they're doing this morning. It was just a great service. But he said, I learned that at North Valley. 
You know what he's saying? I received something. And now you've got five grandkids who basically are saying they're receiving it. We just keep passing it down. Pass down that heritage. I find there's a vision of determination and a vision of direction, a vision of duration. And I want to close with a vision of devotion. Verse 4, his soul is lifted up. That his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Look at verse 5. He is a proud man. Verse 4, it talks about he's lifted up. He's a prideful man. Verse number 5, he's a prideful man. So, you received something, and you gave it here, and they received something, and they gave it here, and you received something. But this generation cannot spin from pride and be lifted up because every generation that passed it to us have been humble, godly people. In my prayer journal, I have listed, and I don't pray for them, they're in heaven. I have listed all the preachers in my ministry that I've known that have passed away. This past week and on September 20th, this past, day, September 20th, I found a cue card I never knew I had of Sunday morning, Sunday night, 50 years ago, the first Sunday I led music in a church in Wisconsin. And our first song is second. There are four people in the auditorium. And we opened up the church. You know, in those 50 years now of ministry, a lot of preachers have died. And I look at that list of those great preachers that died. Some I know that have died in my lifetime. J. Frank Norris died in my lifetime. But then in my ministry, the men that have died, and there's column after column after column. I guess averaging, I'm just going to guess, eight to ten good preachers a year for 44 years here. And I see their names. But you know, almost without fail, every man left me some great heritage. And I want to leave our kids a great heritage. And so tonight I'm saying it's generational. It is generational. The next, next generation needs Sunday school. They need Sunday school. They need Sunday morning with the choir and special music. There'll be a choir in heaven. David had a choir. Come on, there'll be choirs. They don't need a dance band. They need a preacher that preaches the word of God. They need to give a call that people could repent. That's in the Bible. Get right with God. You say, well, where's Sunday night in the Bible? It's not. Well, where's Wednesday night? It's not. But I'm glad you want to follow the Bible. I recall telling this to one of our members 43 years ago because he says, there's no Sunday night in the Bible. There's no Wednesday night in the Bible. I said, you want to use the Bible? He goes, I sure do. I said, good. It says daily in house to house and daily in the temple. You can either do it the Bible way or you can do it Traber's way. Which one do you want? He said to me, he smiled. He says, we'll do it Traber's way. Thank you. And it's not my way, it's heritage. Mother and dad had Sunday school. Mother and dad had family devotions. Mother and dad had family prayer. Mother and dad tithe every Sunday. 
Mother and dad went to church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Mother and dad sang in the choir. Dad went to deacons meeting. Mother and dad served God. Mother and dad Saturday worked at church. Mother and dad were at church. Mother and dad sang at church. Mother and dad loved the things of Zion. And you know, God's given me so much. I just want to keep handing it down. And I want your kids to have it. You say, well, my parents were saved. Aren't you glad you started the ball rolling for a new generation of righteousness? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.